I don't know about you guys, but I am one of those people where every year on Daylight Savings, having that extra hour of light in the evening just like completely transforms my mood. I feel like I am not me when it gets dark at 4 p.m. And obviously the flip side of that is that first morning after springing forward can be rough. So I want to tell you about something that can make it so much easier, so much more enjoyable. It's called Hatch. And Hatch can help you choose sleep, prioritize healthy habits, and then also make the time change transition seamless and enjoyable. So the Hatch Restore helps you build sleep habits that make your unwind and wake routines simple and enjoyable. So a phone-free bedtime, no matter what time of year it is, which again, is really a habit I'm trying to change this year, and this has very much helped it. And then with the Hatch Plus subscription, you can access the latest routine-building features like Cue to Unwind, which signals you that it's time for bed, and Pillow Talk, which is kind of like your favorite shows or socials without the screen to keep you up. For me, that's like such a wonderful feature because it helps me unwind, but not in a way that feels unnatural. It's kind of like the benefit I get from scrolling my phone without scrolling my phone. And then waking up in the morning is just so much more peaceful. Like I don't think it's good to wake up to that jarring alarm sound. So to have kind of an easy wake up, I've just really enjoyed my morning so much more. Right now, Hatch is offering our listeners $20 off your purchase of the Hatch Restore and free shipping at hatch.co slash CBC. Visit hatch.co slash CBC to get $20 off and free shipping. Hatch.co slash CBC. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And welcome back to another episode, hey Jewel. Hi Em. I'm so irrationally upset that I couldn't see Ticket to Paradise with you this weekend. I know, but obviously I'm going to see it again with you. <laughs> okay, I honestly just want to hear you say that. I mean, first of all, the most important part of the movie to me was that Billy Lord's character and George Clooney's character were literally me and your dad. And so I just can't wait for you to see it to also have that realization. (laughs) I just want to see it actually the two of us and my dad. Don't tempt me with a good time. (laughs) I don't know if you felt this way seeing it, but remember when I saw Bros, I texted you when the trailer for Ticket to Paradise came on and I was like, there is just something about Julia Roberts and George Clooney together on my screen that hits me in a deep way. Like my childhood understanding of what a movie star was is them. And so to see it, I felt that way. Did you feel that way actually watching it? A million percent. My adult understanding of what a movie star is is them. They are true, true movie stars. It was so enjoyable seeing them on screen. It was a million times more enjoyable seeing them on screen together. And I have to say, like, I spent the entire movie upset that they weren't a real couple. I get that, though. Like, in an alternate universe, imagine. I just feel they're so evenly matched, both in fame and movie stardom, I guess is what it is. Like you look at them on your screen and you're like, oh, holy shit, that's some star power, which I have to say was part of the reason that the movie worked so well, because it was that combination of just lighthearted rom-com fun that I think we've all been missing. That has been an empty place in our heart for a little while now with the combination of just movie stars. Well, I always say to you, I so appreciate a low stakes movie experience where you go and you just know for the next hour or two, you're just going to laugh. Nothing too intense. It's kind of like after Don't Worry Darling when we were like, I know there are some people that probably loved that and loved the deep analysis. But for me, it's just, it's too much thinking, you know, it's like, <laughs> I don't need to pay to get anxiety watching a movie. I feel that I experience enough of that in my own life. There's so much shit going on in the world. Like every day it is just something. To walk into a movie theater and have two hours of just lighthearted fun is such, at this point, a unique experience. I feel like we've almost 
lost the original plot of being able to do that. And I think that what Ticket to Paradise is going to do is remind people how much we love rom-coms with big, big stars. It really was one of the more enjoyable movie experiences I've had in a while. Right. Like, for example, if I had just gotten out of Don't Worry Darling and I then get the TMZ notification that there are signs on the 405 saying Kanye was right about the Jews, that was terrible to receive regardless. But I somehow have to believe it would have been a little bit worse seeing it after already suffering the anxiety of Don't Worry Darling, which I know, I know we said to ourselves, like, we already discussed Kanye in a way where we explained very clearly how much we condemn this, how upsetting it is as Jews, how scary, hurtful, and terrifying the entire situation is. And we do not want to give him any more airtime. And I stand by that. At the same time, though, Julie, seeing this shit specifically that we were just looking at right before going on, it's like, how are we going to have this podcast and not say something about it? You know, like I, I, it's, it's consuming me in a way that I did not anticipate it to because I have written him off so long ago, but it's not about him anymore. It's about the way this message is spreading and, and, the seeming compliance on a lot of parts of his sponsors or, or other people. It's, it's, I don't know if it's a little overwhelming. I know I'm not being very eloquent right now. No, it, it is overwhelming. I mean, the fact that Adidas has not dropped him as of the time that we're recording this is, is really hard for, I think, all of us to fathom right now. Listen, the thing with this is that it's hard to find that balance between I don't want to give Kanye airtime. I don't want to let his words and his rhetoric consume me because it's giving him that power. At the same time, like other people are clearly giving him the space to, and even if they're doing it to challenge him or shut him down, his words are still getting out there. And so clearly other people are giving him the platform to be able to spew what he is spewing. And even if we are sitting here saying like, you know what? we're not taking this, like we're not going to acknowledge Kanye. There are plenty of other people who are listening to him and not just hearing him, but considering him to be right. And so it's really, really scary to know that that's out there and know that as Jews and as people who really suffer from hearing his words, you're trying to ignore it. And at the same time, you're trying to combat it. I think that's exactly what I'm kind of struggling with, what you just said, striking that balance between wanting to combat it, but also wanting to ignore it and then also wanting to honor kind of our sanity. You know, it's it's just very, very upsetting. I mean, it's draining, quite frankly. And the fact of the matter is, is what I think worries me the most when examining this whole situation is it's not just what Kanye is saying. It's that I think that a lot of people downplay Kanye's influence. And I saw a tweet somewhere that was like, don't, you know, ignore Kanye or write him off. Like he got an entire generation of people to wear the ugliest sneakers I've ever seen in my life. And the fact of the matter is, is like, although that's joking in nature, like it really is true. Kanye has a tremendous amount of influence over people. And so it's really terrifying knowing that there are people that are going to hear his word and think of it as the word of God and hear what he is saying and believe that there is validity to it. And especially when he comes on and says that anybody trying to cancel him or anybody calling him out on his anti-Semitism or any brands dropping him are just further proving his point. I think that people who don't understand the anti-Semitic tropes at play and don't understand what's happening here can really see that as a valid point. And it's really, really terrifying to know that. And that's why when you see the signs on the 405 that says Kanye was right about the Jews, it's continually perpetuating the fact that this isn't just about what Kanye is saying anymore. It's about how widespread this has the ability to become. 
don't downplay his influence. Yes, exactly. I don't know what's going to happen here. I think that what you're going to continue to see is the refusal of people to work with Kanye. I think brands continuing to disassociate themselves from him. We've seen Balenciaga drop him, which is huge. Um, Anna Wintour apparently cutting ties with him and making it clear that he's no longer in the inner circle at Vogue. And I think this is something you are going to continue and continue to see. I don't know how active the partnership with Gap is. I hope that gets cut soon. I think there are a lot of people going forward that need to cut their ties with Kanye. And it's not just for the anti-Semitism that he's spewing. It really isn't. He has done so many other things. This is just for me personally, the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. And I mean, also, you know, in addition to some of the more formal relationships you just mentioned, whether it's Vogue or Balenciaga or Adidas or Gap, something I'm really curious about, and I don't think we will ever fully get the answer to is Kanye talks frequently in interviews about how he feels he doesn't really have any quote celebrity friends left, which I believe is true. But I'm so curious of how some of those relationships ended, meaning was it a more formal ending, kind of like John Legend, where he's made public statements about how that can no longer exist, or has it kind of just fizzled? Have his friends tried to have conversations with him that then went nowhere? Like, I would love to know what that kind of looked like. I know it's not something we'll get the answer to, at least from their perspective, but it's something I do wonder. It's interesting because I think we have seen a lot of them ending pretty publicly. I mean, there was that video that was released of him screaming at Chance, who was one of his closest friends. That video went viral and we haven't seen any contact between the two of them or any sort of conversation. We know the way the Kid Cudi friendship ended. Charlemagne the God was just talking in an interview about how Kanye called him screaming about Pete's, quote, 10-inch penis. Like, there was a lot of different relationships that ended that we saw publicly. We were just speaking the other day following one of his rants about Justin cutting ties with him because he came after Haley. I mean, a lot of the relationships that Kanye has lost or severed have been pretty public. And then you had situations where there were things going on behind the scenes that no one knew about, such as, you know, what happened with him and Virgil that recently came to light. And so I think it's a mix of both. But I think that Something that Kanye does is that he very specifically keeps a lot of yes men around him. And I think he had early on in his career, some really true friendships. Jay-Z is the first example of that, by the way. And I think as he has progressed, and I think that as he has become clearly just more hateful and more narcissistic, and he has lost those people in his life, but he has kept the yes men around. And that is a really, really scary combination as well. It's a very dangerous place to be in, not just for Kanye. I think that for anybody in the public light, and we've seen that time and time again, that it's the people that are so sensitive to any sort of constructive criticism or feedback, or even just really a conversation about how what you're saying may not be perceived in the way that you think it is. Those are the people that ultimately, I think, completely lose touch with reality in terms of the way that fame impacts them. Obviously, Connie is a very, very extreme example because what he's saying is so hurtful and problematic and dangerous. But even just in general, you know, it's a, it's a interesting lesson that I guess is not just true for famous people. You know, in, in general, like even for all of us, there's something to be said for maintaining a group around you that will continue to provide you with honesty, even when it's hard to hear. Oh, absolutely. Honesty and accountability. It's it's really, really important. I think the other thing is going back to, you know, Kanye's relationship with both people and brands. I think you're going to continue whatever friends he has left. I think that 
it's very few. I can't even think of people off the top of my head that I would say like, oh, this person's going to drop him because I think all of the really big people that he once associated with kind of parted ways. I also think that with the conversation about brands dropping him and companies not working with him anymore and, you know, execs not working with him and projects not getting made. I think you're going to see a lot of that. And I think it's going to be really important to not downplay how exhausting it's going to be to watch that happen and then have to hear all of the criticism back of people saying, see, Kanye was right about the Jews. Like, this is exactly what he thought was going to happen and it's going to happen. And I think that seeing that come from not just Kanye, but a lot of voices on the internet and a lot of people around him that are still his yes men is something that you can't downplay because that is going to be mentally draining. And I, I think we all know that that's coming too. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, listen, we've already spoken about this longer than I think we wanted to. I just want to say to any of our Jewish listeners who are also feeling just overwhelmed and exhausted by any of this, we're with you and you have no responsibility to speak about it in a way that only hurts you or doesn't serve you. But just know that we are, um, we're feeling it as well. And it's a really unfortunate thing. And I just, you're not alone in that. I feel like makeup in general and specifically a daily makeup routine is so personal and that we've all kind of gotten down to a science, what works for us, what we need before we leave the house. Like where do we feel our most comfortable? And for me on a daily basis, I wear really, really minimal makeup. I actually think I feel the most comfortable with the least amount of makeup, but my two Holy Grail products always have been, I think always will be our mascara and lip gloss, maybe a little highlight on the inner corner if I'm feeling crazy, but Honestly, whether you are fresh face, full glam, wherever you fall, you have probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. It's the one in that turquoise tube that you see all over social media. So Thrive Cosmetics beauty products are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, made with clean, skin-loving ingredients, high-performance and trademark formulas, and uncompromising standards. They have a lot of great products, but the one I want to focus on is the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara. First of all, it lasts all day without clumping, smudging, or flaking, which I'm telling you right now, I have a zero tolerance policy for flaking with my mascara. Like I'm just not trying to put you on my lashes if you're going to flake. And they have a flake-free tubing formula that dramatically lengthens and defines your lashes from root to tip. So it kind of looks like lash extensions without the damaging glue or salon prices. Also super easy removal, slides right off with warm water and a washcloth, no soap required. And it has nourishing ingredients that support longer, stronger, and healthier looking lashes over time. It's just like very much worth the hype. I had seen it a lot. And once I tried it, I was like, oh, okay, this is why I see it everywhere. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash CBC. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash CBC for 20% off your first order. We all get bogged down with the mundane tasks of life, especially this time of year. But isn't it time you take a break from your normal, boring routine? Don't just sit on the sidelines and watch life go by. Get in the game with the bold tropical lime flavor of Mountain Dew Baja Blast. You can be having a blast anywhere. Having a blast at work, having a blast in traffic, having a blast while you file your taxes. No, really, we mean it when we say anywhere. With Baja Blast now in stores everywhere, you can be having a blast whenever and wherever you are all year long. So what are you waiting for? Pick up an ice cold Baja Blast today at a store near you. And for a limited time, with every purchase of Baja Blast in stores and at participating Taco Bell locations, you can collect coins for a chance to get Baja gear or a Taco Bell deal. 
This swag is available for a limited time only, so don't wait. Grab a Baja Blast and start having a blast right away. No purchase necessary, open to U.S. residents 18 or older, subject to official rules at BajaBlast.com. Ends June 15, 2024, void where prohibited. We got to give a quick update on the Jason Sudeikis, Olivia Wilde situation, because the fact that we had that entire conversation about the salad dressing and then like clockwork, she posts the recipe and it's from Nora Ephron's book about her divorce from her husband because he was cheating on her. Like you expected the Dijon mustard. You did not expect for Olivia Wilde to post a page out of Nora Ephron's book, Heartburn. Like, is that not the plot thickening in such a dramatic way? I did expect the Dijon mustard. You did. <laughs> you really did. And I, I'm i so happy about that. And by the way, got to say, Grey Poupon, like they were leaning into it in a way that I, I felt like this is your moment and run with it. I loved them leaning into it. It was one of the best parts of the whole thing. You know, I really didn't expect her to post the Nora Ephron page. I didn't know that her salad dressing came from that. I didn't even know there was a salad dressing to match up with that. But that was such an interesting move on her part because there is a lot to unpack there. And it seems as though, well, sorry, just to backtrack a second. What's so interesting about her posting it in the first place is because it came after the joint statement from her and Jason denying any allegations, but then almost seemingly confirming it by posting the salad dressing, confirming that there is in fact a salad dressing, and then taking it a step further by saying like, maybe you guys have the story wrong because here I am posting this out of a book that's about the husband cheating. Right. That was the part that I could not get over. Like even for one second, let's remove the Nora Ephron element from it. And let's take away the fact that this book is an autobiographical novel about her husband's affair. Like we could analyze that till we are blue in the face. I'm going to put that on the side for a second. It's the fact that they just said, basically, Olivia and Jason, do not believe one word the nanny says. All of these allegations are false. And then it seems as though she's seemingly co-signing at least some of the story by acknowledging the fact that a simple dressing really does exist. That is the part that took me out. I was like, wait a second, you are thickening this plot. Right. And then (laughs) what that then does is that you as the reader now gets to go through the entire nanny statement and decide what you think is true and what you think is false because she has now opened the door for there to be some wiggle room there. As soon as the salad dressing is confirmed to be true and it does exist, it opens up everything else for discussion. Whereas a statement shutting everything down, yeah, of course we're going to be like, okay, I'm sure there are certain things that are true, but there's nothing that she's confirming for us. That little confirmation of, well, there is a salad dressing that exists, leads you to believe, okay, well, there's some legitimacy to this story overall. Right, which by the way, I still think power move on her part. I I, I genuinely feel that way. Like, yes, maybe in some ways it corroborated the nanny story a little bit more. I still think what a mic drop moment to do that because no one was expecting it. Like all of those tweets, the tweet that we had posted the day before that was like, if I was Olivia Wilde, I would post a salad dressing recipe and then turn my phone off. That was completely based in fantasy. She is not someone that leans into social media in that way. So then for her to do that, I was like, whoa, (laughs) you're playing along here. No, it was an incredible moment. And by the way, like the most liked she has been, I think throughout this entire thing was after posting that, which by the way, I don't agree with. I think that the amount of hate that Olivia Wilde has gotten throughout this entire ordeal from the moment that she was seen holding hands with Harry Styles is so irrational to me 
because there is nothing that she has done that is that bad that she deserves what she is getting. But I will say that that moment of posting the story and that jaw drop, mic drop moment of her acknowledging it was everybody kind of banding together for a moment and being like, oh, wow, she really did that. Like, oh, I respect that move. Right, exactly. It was a collective like head nod of, you know what? You got us on that one. Wait, you know what? I just realized you're going to be so happy. I remember this. In the Kardashian bonus show from last week, we were talking about the Olivia comment from 2020 that we posted and said we were going to talk about it in the regular episode. And I fully forgot to do that until right now. Oh my God, please. Can we discuss it? Okay. So if you guys remember in last Monday's episode, we were talking about the timeline and we were saying she cast Harry September, 2020, right? And her and Jason, the split rumors happened around November, 2020. It wasn't until we saw Harry and Olivia holding hands January, 2021 at Jeff Azoff's wedding, where we were like, what's going on here? And we were trying to decide whether or not we had heard rumors about them leading up to that. And a, a follower DM'd us reminding us about this comment that we had posted. And we scrolled, Julie literally scrolled for probably 25 minutes to find it. December 14th, 2020, Harry had posted that his album Fine Line was a year old. And Olivia comments, wait, dot, 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 you play music too? And we posted that. And the reason we couldn't find the comment is because we have all our comments like saved in albums by person and it wasn't in the Olivia Wilde album. And we realized after that we had posted it in a roundup, which is very telling evidence in terms of us trying to wrap our heads around this timeline. Because if there was speculation about them dating, I'll say if there was legitimate speculation about them dating in mid-December 2020, we would have never included that comment in a roundup that obviously would have been a solo with a caption like the eye emoji or like, wait, is this proof? And so to, to us, that was so telling when we saw it because we're like, oh, shit. I think seeing them at Jeff Azoff's wedding in January was the first time when we were like, wait a second, this is really happening. I'll take you one further. For us to have soloed it, it didn't even need to be legitimate proof. It could have been one Twitter theory that was floating around online with absolutely zero evidence, and we would have 100% posted that as a solo in a heartbeat. There was zero speculation at the time, I'm prepared to say. And once I saw that post and remembered the fact that there wasn't any speculation, I had a flashback to seeing those photos of Harry and Olivia for the first time. And I remember having that, oh my God, what is going on moment. So it must have been really, really out of the blue. But it's so funny looking back on these things, trying to remember, because again, like we said last episode, this was so much longer ago than the timeline that I had in my mind was. It's been two plus years of this. I know two years is kind of a long time specifically for Hollywood. And I feel that that's kind of lost sometimes in our discussion of all of it because there's been so much chaos. But when you remove the chaos for a second, I mean, in all this time, they've been getting to know each other really intimately over the last two years. So the state that they were in January 2021 is a very different world, I have to imagine, emotionally that they are now. You know what I'm really curious about? What hmm. the behind the scenes of her commenting on that Insta was? Because- it was seemingly so harmless because no one knew they were a couple. So it's not like they were confirming anything. But I wonder if like Harry maybe thought that it was a little much or that maybe pointing at them being together, whether his friends said anything, whether her friends were like, oh, my God, you commented that. Like, obviously, they were working together at the time. So no one thought anything of it beyond that. But knowing how secret this was kept until that January reveal, I wonder if that caused any sort of stir. 
Yeah. And also the exact comment being, wait, you play music too? Like that was such a direct reference or callback to the fact that at the time she was the director of the movie that he was acting in. So it almost was able to go kind of under the radar because it fell under the guise of quote work. (laughs) Like that was a work joke that she made, or at least that's the way that we interpreted it. But you're so right. I mean, I, to me, my dream scenario always is that they were together, like, let's say in bed. And she was like, toying with the idea. And he's like, fuck it, do it. Because to me, there's something just overwhelmingly gratifying about the idea of celebrities almost planning what planting a seed would look like just for the fun of seeing the public reaction, you know? Yeah. I mean, and those are the comments we live for. And even better than having that in the moment confirmation, because obviously, like we said, when that comment was posted, we didn't think anything of it. The thing that's really fun here is to be able to go back and kind of re- trace the steps of that relationship. And also keeping in mind that there is a part two to this Daily Mail article that came out. Yeah, let me actually read this one excerpt because after the initial basically tell-all with the nanny came out and then Olivia and Jason released that joint statement, Daily Mail released more information from the nanny. So this was regarding the claims that Olivia was still involved with Jason when she started dating Harry. This is from the nanny. Quote, the thing about that was when Olivia left Jason as she was filming and going out with Harry, she was still leaving him voicemails and texts saying she loved him and he was her everything. When I saw Olivia holding hands as a couple with Harry, I couldn't believe it. Just a month before when we were in LA, she was sending Jason messages saying she loved him. So it was like, how can she be in this relationship and then holding hands with someone else a month later? It was a lot of mixed messages. And then there was also a claim from the nanny that Olivia gave up their dogs, that she would have more time to spend with Harry. And the organization where Olivia initially rescued her dog from released a statement basically clarifying the events and, and defending Olivia. And there was also in that Daily Mail part two claims that Florence and Harry had a relationship too. I have to say the part two isn't as convincing for me as the part one, because those were like kind of three bombshell things that came out that had they been true or more true, I feel like would have come out in part one. Yeah. The nanny lost a little bit of credibility to me in that part too, I think. Right. I don't know. The whole thing, I stand by what I said initially. I'd be lying to you through my teeth if I said I was not holding on to every single word and I found this to be so deeply juicy. At the same time, it is so intrusive. And as much as I believe the nanny when she says that she wishes she had a proper opportunity to say goodbye to the kids because she doesn't want them to think that she abandoned them. And I very much believe that. I'm sure she deeply loved those children. At the end of the day, if you're only doing what's best for the kids, this whole tell all about their parents isn't with the kids' interests at heart. So I don't think that you can have those two narratives necessarily exist at the same time if that's the one you're sticking to the most. No, of course not. Like, there's just simply no way. This ends up hurting the kids more than anybody else, especially when they get old enough to understand what this all means. Again, this is also why us sitting here speculating about her credibility and what's true and what isn't, this is also why it's so interesting that Olivia would post that salad dressing because had they come out with that statement denying everything and you and I were sitting here being like, okay, this part two doesn't really seem so legit, it calls everything into question. But again, her confirming the fact that that salad dressing exists at least gives you a little bit of room to be like, well, some of this has to be true. That's what I'm saying. Some of it. I don't know exactly what parts. I just think it's an entirely fair statement to say there's certainly some truth to this. Let's talk about something near and dear to our hearts, our furry companions. Life is full of unexpected twists, just like the ones we love to uncover about our favorite celebs. 
But sometimes those twists involve our four-legged friends. Imagine navigating the unpredictable world of pet parenthood where every day is a new adventure. Our partner, Spot Pet Insurance, wants to share a message to help make sure you're prepared for any unexpected curveballs, whether it's a sudden illness or an unplanned trip to the vet. Spot Pet Insurance can be your secret weapon against the unexpected. With Spot, you can get up to 90% cash back on eligible vet bills, helping you with those surprising expenses that seem to pop up when you least expect them. But wait, there's more. Spot Pet Insurance plans go beyond just offering coverage for accidents and illnesses. You can enhance your plan with their preventive care benefit, ensuring that routine wellness, vaccines, and more can be covered too. Head over to spotpet.com today to get a quote instantly. Trust us, it's the easiest thing you'll do to help secure the well-being of your dog or cat. Visit www.spotpet.com today. Paid ad from Spot Pet Insurance. Waiting periods, annual deductible, coinsurance, benefit limits, and exclusions may apply. For all terms, visit spotpetins.com slash sample hyphen policy. Insurance plans are underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by Spot Pet Insurance Services, LLC. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Let's get into this Travis and Kylie stuff a little bit. How does that sound to you? Sounds good to me. Okay. I I know some of you may be confused. And if you are, we are as well. This is not one of those things where we can provide you the comprehensive breakdown that I think a lot of you are craving. And I will explain why. I will also direct you to places that can. But very top line here is that recently there's been cheating rumors about Travis, meaning that he's been cheating on Kylie. And people think that it is with this woman, Rogine Carr. Her Instagram is at youngsweetrow, Y-U-N-G. And this is not the first time that she has entered the equation. If you remember back in October 2019, when Travis and Kylie reportedly broke up, there were rumors that she had something to do with it. She's known him. They apparently have a past. She was the woman from that infamous mirror selfie where what appeared to be his Nikes were in the corner of the shot and everyone was running with that, thinking that he was cheating on Kylie with her. I mean, there's just been a lot there. And so recently, she posted a photo from what appeared to be a music video set, which sent the internet into a frenzy. Travis then basically came on his story saying, there's a lot of weird shit going on. An uninvited person snuck into set. I don't know this person. I've never had a relationship with this person. Please just leave it alone. She then, I think, got upset by that, basically saying, what are you talking about? You've known me for years. There was a lot of back and forth, a lot of internet detective work happening. The most recent thing is she posted as of today, basically saying, I've never perpetuated any narrative. I never said I'm currently with him or I've ever recently been with him. Like I said, I went home that night. Having someone you've known for almost a decade disrespect you and assume you won't stand up for yourself because you never do is hurtful. I reacted in the moment and speaking on someone else's relationship was wrong of me. I have nothing to prove. Him deleting all of his posts as soon as I posted an inconspicuous screenshot speaks for itself. So basically, there's a lot going on here. And I know people are fascinated by this. To speak entirely transparently, the reason that I think we've never dove in that deep on this isn't because we don't believe that it's true. Like, I absolutely think that at some point in time, 
Travis has probably known this woman, maybe had a relationship with her. But I think that we both operate under the belief that like Travis and Kylie's relationship just isn't linear. It's not like as if this were to come out about Devin Booker, for example. Like I think we, whether it's true or not, we've just always operated under the understanding that like they break up and get back together a lot. And like there may be an arrangement there. And it's not so shocking that there would be other people for both of their ends in the equation at some point. I think there's two different things at play here. I agree with you 100%. I think there is a difference between what this woman is alleging and Kylie and Travis's relationship. Because quite frankly, if I'm being honest about what I've seen circulated both this time and in 2019, what detective work has been done on the internet, to me, this is like, I don't give this much attention. A lot of people have gone through the receipts. A lot of people have pointed out clear photoshopping of even posting them together, her faking being with him. Like there's a lot of things that are not adding up there. So to me, that's completely separate. I agree though with you that the separate conversation is of Kylie and Travis's relationship, which has been since they got together, it has been very on and off. If you remember when this first came out and this first circulated in 2019, this was directly after Kylie and Travis had broken up for the first time. And Kylie and Travis seemingly did not get back together until summer of 2021 when they were seen doing that red carpet appearance together before Travis was honored at the Parsons event. And so in between that time, they were technically broken up, but you saw them constantly together, constantly posting about each other. Um, Birthdays, Stormy's birthday, spending time together, doing things co-parenting, a lot of rumors that they were in Miami together, that they were coupled up. Like it's always been very, very on and off. So I think that that conversation is completely separate from the conversation we're currently having about his quote cheating. No, I know totally. But I'm saying with this particular situation, yes, there's a lot of back and forth and you really got to choose what you believe there because there's some things that will fully convince you and then other things that will convince you that it's entirely fabricated. But just generally speaking, I don't even think that I have a clear enough understanding of their relationship to even be able to define what could be cheating. That's kind of what I'm saying. I mean, let's not forget March of 2020 when there was speculation whether or not they were together and it was Mason on Instagram Live that said they're not back together. Like we were getting our information from Mason. That's when you know shit is kept under wraps. So I don't know. I, I, I think that people expect us to be so fascinated by this. And for some reason, it just like doesn't grasp us in that same way because it feels messy. And it also feels like, <laughs> who the fuck knows? Right. That's an important clarification because this woman aside, I think that had somebody else come out and made these sort of allegations against Travis or had cheating rumors about him, whatever it may be. I do think that we probably would be giving it the same amount of attention or same amount of airtime. Maybe this time would be different because as far as we're concerned right now, they are seemingly together. We haven't seen anything that would indicate otherwise. But yeah, I think that we've seen a lot of reports. I think most recently a Dumas report, you know, where somebody writing into Dumas saying, come on, everybody knows this. To me, it just feels more like it's kind of on and off. Every day is something different. That's the vibe that I've gotten over the past couple of years. Maybe since welcoming baby number two, things have changed and they've gotten closer together. I know that when Kylie was pregnant, there were a lot of reports coming out saying they're in the best place they've ever been in and they're so in love and they're such a great pair. So maybe since that timeline started and since baby number two kind of came into the picture, things are different now. But I do think that was kind of the basic understanding that a lot of us had, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't, my whole point is that like, I don't even know if I have a basic understanding. I would say that their relationship is probably the one out of the entire family that I understand the absolute least. 
Like, I think I had a better understanding of Kim and Pete than I ever did of, of Travis and Kylie. And I think that that's very intentional on their parts. I'm just okay with maybe knowing that we'll never fully know. And that's just okay. You know? Right. You know what I will say about Kylie and Travis at the very least? They seem to have a lot of fun. They have a lot of fucking fun. And you know what? Good for them because a lot of the, her siblings are not having fun with the men in their lives. That's a, that's a true point. You know what I wanted to bring up while we're on the topic? <laughs> it's a National Enquirer report that I saw circulating. So naturally, I will give this absolutely zero validity, but I so it still would be interesting in talking about it from a hypothetical standpoint. There was that report that I saw circulating that after their breakup that Kim and Pete apparently were spending time together and he was either at her hotel room or she was seen in a quote disguise sneaking out the back going to Staten Island to see him. I, for purposes of this conversation, am going to believe that that's true. Like, let's just forget even deciding whether or not we think it is because holy fuck, like Kim Kardashian taking her private cashmere seated plane to New York to have a secret meeting with Pete Davidson in his Staten Island apartment and then sneaking out the back in her oversized Balenciaga sunglasses. Like, I know I just raved about Ticket to Paradise. That's the fucking rom-com I want to see. Oh my God, that's, you're so right. That's the, like, that's the relationship I hope they have where they ended on such good terms and they both acknowledge the sex was that good that Kim is going to fly to New York for it and then fly right back and it doesn't mean anything else. Kim flying to Staten Island, New York to potentially just like have a dick appointment is the greatest thing I have ever heard. Oh my God, please. And that's my birthday wish. I hope that's true. <laughs> like that needs to be true just for the just for the sake of us all having that knowledge and being able to go to sleep at night knowing that that, that happened. Because you know something? That's when they say like, Dick will make you do some things. If Kim is leaving Hidden Hills and going to Staten Island, <laughs> everyone else is forgiven wherever the fuck they're going, you know? Going back to that one clip <laughs> of Charlemagne talking about Kanye calling him in a fit about Pete's 10 inches, like, no way, right? That he's 10 inches? Yeah. Or that Kanye called? No, no, no. I believe that Kanye uh, called 100%. I meant the 10 inches. Uh, I think 10's a lot. Yeah, no, no. I think that 10's a lot. I like if he would have said nine, I probably wouldn't have flinched. If you ask my guess, I don't know if we're going to keep this in, but like if you ask my guess, I'd say eight and a half. I was going to say eight and a, eight, eight, eight and a half. Ten is insane. No, ten eight. is not real. Ten. No, it's it. But eight. OK, eight's huge, but eight's not like, holy shit, everybody is talking about it. To me, eight and a half is pretty large. But also remember, the initial source was Ariana. I know. Right. That's that's what makes you think. All right. Maybe it was. A, but Kim's tiny, too. Right. Yeah. <laughs> he might be six inches. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think he just like hasn't been with a girl that's like, what, over five, three. <laughs> so I'm a big fan of transparency across all aspects of life, like Generally speaking, there's pretty much nothing I wouldn't rather be told straight up. But specifically when I'm buying something or paying for a service, I just want to know what I'm getting myself into. And oftentimes there can be so much nonsense or so much yada yada. For example, sneaky terms hidden in the fine print of contracts or bills that randomly go up without properly alerting you or budget airlines with cheap fares, but then exorbitant fees to make up for it elsewhere. And we just should not need to be dealing with this type of yada yada in our lives. 
And yes, you could read every single word of every single contract, and that's one way of avoiding it. Or you can go with a trusted brand like Metro by T-Mobile that helps you to get ahead and not pull you back. That's right. You don't take yada yada from life, so don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada yada yada, which honestly gives so much peace of mind. Like you shouldn't have to compromise for an okay option with sacrifices when you really deserve that full transparency. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. Okay, so if you've been listening to the podcast for a while now, there are two things you probably know about me. The first is that I am a diehard OG Skims fan. Like there have literally been times where we've had to pause a recording because a certain product dropped that I needed to buy. And second of all, you know, historically, I kind of just never wear a bra. So what we're talking about here is kind of merging those two things because listen, I'm gonna be honest with you, I'm never gonna be a daily bra wear. It's just not in the cars for me, never has been, never will be. However, there's recently been more events and I've kind of had a lot of weddings and just there's sometimes you gotta wear a bra. And when I tell you, Skims is changing the game for me because that same comfort that I talk about with the underwear or the loungewear, they did that with the bras. And recently in the past month, I've worn the Fits Everybody t-shirt bra and the no-show balconette bra. I had to wear that one to a wedding under a dress. And like, it was the first time in my life where number one, I wasn't miserable. And second of all, I didn't come home and just like immediately want to take it off, which I'm telling you is a foreign concept for me. They're just so comfortable. It's like, I really felt like I was wearing nothing. I'm, I'm such a fan of everything that they make. So I guess it makes total sense that I love the bras, but like, I'm telling you, you will have the same experience. Shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A through 46H. Plus get free shipping on orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. Definitely do that. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. I want to quickly talk about Kim's birthday, not even the Nobu catered part, but the fact that they get on Kylie's plane to go to Vegas. It's Chris, Chloe, Malika, Khadija, Steph, Tracy, Natalie, Olivia. Lala was surprising them in Vegas. They were going to the Usher concert, supposed to have this beautiful dinner at Carbone. And it was literally too windy in Vegas for the plane to land. They tried multiple times, could not land. So they had to turn around and reroute back to California. And Lala was surprising Kim in Vegas, so ended up going to the Usher show by herself. Like, I don't know what it is because obviously every single thing that I said up until this moment is the least relatable thing ever. Like you're taking Kylie Jenner's private plane to Vegas for an Usher concert to then have a private dinner at Carbone, totally. There is something about Kim not being able to land due to wind that is just like so deeply humanizing. It's like even you are impacted by the natural elements of the world. You know what it was for me throughout this entire thing? I feel like so rarely do we get these events that's happening to them in real time. Like this is a situation where typically, like if you were to tell me that this was going to come out, the way that I would expect to find out about it was like Kim would post a series of stories the next morning saying like, oh my God, the funniest thing happened last night. We actually were supposed to go to the Usher concert. Didn't, this is a picture of us at In-N-Out. But what actually happened was you watched every single thing element of this trip go down in real time. Like you watch them on the plane, you watch them get on, you're watching Kim posting a story saying how excited she is for Usher. And then the next slide is her being like, never mind, we can't land. And then the slide after that is like, <laughs> you can hear Chloe in the background saying like, well, Usher just posted on his story. Then you get them at in and out Then you get the story of Lala alone at the Usher concert. Then you get the Hulu filming crew at 
at the Usher concert too, because they were supposed to be there. It was like, you never get anything like that play out in real time. And it was almost like you were so on the inside joke of it that you thought you were on the plane for a second. <laughs> That's exactly how I felt. Also, by the way, POV, you are the cashier at in and out and Kim Kardashian and her crew pull up because they're coming to you as the backup plan for Vegas Carbone. Like that is the craziest night of that in and outs life. POV, you're a group of eight random friends and you decide to test your luck at Carbone and you're like, any chance you have any tables available? I know it's probably, you know, not going to be worth it, but we thought we'd see. And they're like, actually, yes, we have our private room in the back that is available now. <laughs> so basically, a lot of people lucked out in that scenario. A lot of people. And I'm sure they'll go back for Usher. Usher seemed really upset that they weren't there. Did you see his story the next day? If I'm Usher, I'm heartbroken. Like, not to say that Usher is not very famous and successful, but Usher is not what Usher once was in terms of the hold that he has on, like, you know, just being kind of this heartthrob. I know for some of us, he still holds that spot, but I think generally speaking, it wasn't as it was so many years ago. So now Kim, for her birthday, all she wants is to take her sister's plane to come see you and the wind fucks it up. Like if I'm Usher, that's, that's, I mean, he talk about the one person that really lost in all this. It's not even Kim. It's fucking Usher. Poor Usher. It's so funny because someone, someone said to me like, why was she going to an Usher concert? Like of all the things she could have done for her birthday, really? Like I, she's like, I love Usher as much as the next guy, but like, it's a little confusing. I was like, you cannot forget that when Kim does anything, no matter how amazing she is, no matter how crazy her life is at heart, she's a 42 year old mom. Exactly. And I love remembering that. Me too. Also, I know we make a very conscious effort to really not talk about album releases. I just have to say, you gotta hand it to Taylor Swift. Midnight's comes out after just one day of release. It's the best-selling album of 2022, beats Harry's House. It had the biggest sales week for any album in the U.S. since Reputation in 2017, broke the modern record for the most U.S. vinyl album sales in a week, with more than 400,000 copies sold. Like, Listen, we're not trying to fool anyone. We are not these big Swifties and I'm not pretending to be one. I just have to say that is a monumental accomplishment and like what a feeling if you're her. And I think you really got to hand it to her on that. Oh, absolutely. Also, and I know this is a terrible transition, but this just happened as we were recording and I absolutely want to acknowledge it. Leslie Jordan, unfortunately, passed away today. He apparently had a medical emergency while driving. And as a result of that, caused him to have a car crash. That was so shocking. He's 67 years old and just such a light. I mean, I know that's what everyone's saying, but it's true. You know, he really just had this fun, lighthearted, almost whimsical presence. And I think it was really, really saddening to see that come through. I'm just so sorry to anyone who knew him and loved him and his family. This is so hard. I was really shocked when that notification came through. Like so unbelievably heartbreaking. Especially because I feel like in the last, I don't know, year or two, like really specifically over COVID, we got more well acquainted with him because it was such a somber time and he's so joyful. And it's like he had this palpable joyfulness that you just really felt on whatever screen you were watching and whether he was dancing on Instagram or you were watching him on New Year's Eve with Andy and Anderson. And that was really, really upsetting. And I... Our heart just goes out to anyone who knew him and loved him. Yeah, of course. Oh my God, it's just so sad. I know. 
I think that is it for today. We will be back later this week for Kardashians and Bravo. And we love you guys so much. Thank you for listening and letting us do this. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.